This episode is supported by Earn In. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Super, super easy to use. You just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. So the app is free. You can leave a tip if you want. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So here's the thing. Sometimes getting close to your next paycheck, next pay period, and you realize, oh gosh, like paycheck doesn't come until next Friday, but we have this event that we need to attend this weekend and we need money for it. Or we have to buy a gift for someone. Or, oh my gosh, like my kid tore through their shoes and now we have to buy new shoes this weekend and the money's not in the bank yet. So Earning can help you access the money you've already earned at work by giving you this little bit of money in advance. So make Earnin part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind. So for our listeners, all you need to do is download Earnin today. It's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, and you can download it in Google Play or the Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Shameless Mom under podcast when you sign up. So there'll be a little place where you can, where it says, what podcast did you hear about them on? Type in Shameless Mom under podcast. This helps to show support for our show and our advertisers. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 144 with Julia Freeland. Show notes for this episode can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 144. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean, and I'm here to give you and other passionate, dedicated moms the tools you need to bridge the gap between motherhood and living the life of your dreams. I'm also here to help you be a little more shameless every day, because if you aren't building a life you're extraordinarily proud of, what kind of legacy are you building? So let's dive in. Before I introduce you to our guest, Julia Freeland, who is my new BFF, by the way, I do want to remind you that registration is open for the Shameless Mom Academy Summer Self-Care Club. So if you are looking to incorporate simple daily habits that give you energy and motivation this summer, if you're looking to feel more powerful or more capable, if you're looking to take guilt-free time for yourself every damn day, if you're looking to improve your self-image, and if you're looking to take control of areas of your life that feel out of control, the Summer Self-Care Club is for you. This will be the third group I've run like this in the last few months, and I've been having so much fun. The connections I'm making with Shameless Moms has been just phenomenal, and the way that I feel like I've been able to support women and really see these Shameless Moms grow in amazing, impressive, exciting, dynamic ways has been just the most powerful and fun experience for me. And so I would love to work with any of you who are just looking to work toward a goal, maybe achieve some new things, maybe even like figure out what kind of a goal you want to have. Because sometimes we don't even take time to think about that. And all of a sudden we're like, hmm, maybe I should have a goal. Maybe there's some things I want to work on. Maybe there's some things I'd like to improve about myself. Sometimes we don't even have the space to start thinking about that. And this is a group where you can do that, where you can start to just think about what are some things I really want to do for myself right now. So I will tell you, one of our moms, Julie R. wrote this great testimonial, and I have to read it to you. This was after she worked with me in our first program. And she said, Sarah brings together all the key lessons of a personal life coach, a business coach, a fitness trainer, a nutritionist, a therapist, a work colleague, mentor, and friend into one brilliant program that would otherwise take forever to complete on your own. And she wrapped it up into one experience of mind-blowing personal growth. So Julie was such a fun mom to work with, and our group was amazing. That very first round was something I'll always remember. And so if you're looking for a situation where you really can access, the funny thing she named all these different jobs that I've had in the past. But I think that is one of my biggest strengths is that I've been working with people in all these different capacities now for 20 years. 
Oh my gosh, that makes me feel old, but old in a good way, like old and wise. So that is one of the biggest gifts that I can bring to the table is that I do have all these experiences from these different career paths that I've taken, and I'm able to put them together in one little package and bring them all to these groups that I'm now running through the Shameless Mom Academy. So I would love to have you join this summer self-care club, and you can do that by going to smamastermind.com and get yourself registered. There are a few spots left, and we start up Monday, July 17th. So go ahead over to smamastermind.com and you can grab your spot today. All right, let's go ahead and meet Julia Freeland. Julia is an entrepreneur and a catalyst for change. She's dedicated to helping professionals who have stepped away from their careers to raise children, understand their true value and launch the next phase of their lives. Julia coaches her clients through an innovative reinvention process to help them rediscover themselves, reinvent their identities, and relaunch their careers and passions. She's working to break the 1950s homemaker stereotype and open people's eyes to the value of time spent as a parent. She's an accomplished speaker, leader, facilitator, and people development strategist. She has helped individuals identify and achieve their goals by inspiring them to consider new perspectives, challenge old beliefs, break through stasis and open up to learning again. Julia was a stay-at-home mom for years and found herself in many situations that stay-at-home moms do where she vastly underestimated her worth in her role and felt lost and alone as she navigated life after leaving the corporate world. Her perspective on her role as a stay-at-home mom greatly damaged her worth, her own self-worth, and her marriage. I know you're going to learn a lot from Julia's story today, and you're going to find yourself cheering as she shares the things that she's learned over the years. This is a really cool episode, and I love the things that Julia shares about where mom's values truly are, where your value and where your skill sets are as a mom, all the things that you never even think to give yourself credit for. You're going to be super pumped up about all your skills that you have now and kind of what a badass you are that maybe you didn't quite realize yet. So Julia's going to get you pretty excited about that. Let's go ahead and listen in as Julia shares why motherhood doesn't have to stop you from dreaming about what you truly want out of life, why your dreams are just as important as your partner's dreams, how stay-at-home moms are just as worthy and powerful and skilled as CEOs, why laundry makes you more resilient, it's true, why you need to constantly evolve your belief system, the difference between the perception of what we do and the reality of what we do, and how to evaluate your self-worth and how does it compare to the worth you place in your kids and partner. So this was a really fantastic conversation. Like I said, I feel like Julie and I are new BFFs. We had a really great conversation before the interview, and I'm just so excited to have her in my arsenal now of amazing strong women to share with the Shameless Mom Academy. And I'm very excited to share this interview with you. So let's go ahead and dive in with Julia Freeland. Julia Freeland, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm so happy to have you here. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks a lot. I have to admit to our listeners that have already totally hit it off and we're dying to talk for like hours on end. So we will do our best to contain our excitement as we get started here. Yes. This is going to be fun. This is going to be super fun. I know. I feel like I found a sister. I'm super excited just listening and learning about what you do. Yay. Oh, this will be really great. So tell us a little more about the dynamics of your personal and professional life beyond your bio and what are you most excited about right now? All right, jumping right into it. I know, we're not wasting any time. Wow, it just goes. You know, I'm really excited about this entrepreneurial journey that I've put myself on and I'm working right now to kind of doing a bit of a pivot or a shift. Actually, it's not completely a pivot. It's more like trying to open and expand access to the work that I do on a grander scale. I realize that right now a lot of the all my work is focused here in Seattle. And so what I'm trying to do is a little bit like what you're doing, which is trying to figure out how do I get my ideas and philosophies and the help and my messaging out to moms on a larger scale and try to help people all over the country be able to really believe in themselves and believe in their ability to chase after their dreams and realize that motherhood doesn't have to be the end of you know their story. Right. And tell so, us what inspired that whole belief system. Oh, man. (laughs) We're going real deep, real fast. Yeah, which is good. I tell a story often of how I had been a full-time parent for about eight years, and I had a friend of mine, I think I was, you know, I was in one of my typical sessions of complaining about life or whatever it might have been. And they said, well, Julia, what is it that you want to do? What do you dream about doing? And I sat there and I just was like deer in headlights and I had nothing. And then I slowly started to cry 
because I realized that I had given up so much of myself into the world of being a stay-at-home mom of my three children. And I used to be a huge dreamer and somebody who had massive aspirations for my life. And to get to a point where my brain was literally blank with that question was shocking to me. And then I knew at the time I was really unhappy in my marriage also. And I, it's funny, I remember my husband saying like, he's like, I can't be responsible for your happiness. And I remember thinking like, well, why would you think that? And I look at it now and I think, you know what, actually, I do think that I was asking him to be responsible for my happiness. And just somehow in the role, like I felt like, well, who's the person that's watching out for me? Like I'm taking care of these three children. I'm taking care of my spouse. I'm taking care of the house, you know, and I felt like there was nobody around that was really watching out for me or thinking about developing me. And so I think I was kind of looking to him to be that person, but that was a roller dynamic that, you know, he didn't need to play. It was actually me that needed to play that. I need to stand up and believe in my ability to chase after a dream, or I needed to put myself first or put myself in a place where I believed that it was okay for me to have a right to pursue my own identity and my own work. And I think so many moms, the more I meet, somehow they get wrapped up in this identity of like their sole role being to take care of the people in their world. And they put themselves to the side so much that it's like somehow there's like a belief that they don't deserve it. And that's the part that I had to really kind of question that, like, why did I think that my dreams weren't just as important as my family's or as my spouse's? I mean, I can't tell you how many times when I'm working with my clients, I hear people say that either they're constantly deferring to their spouse to make decisions, or they say, well, I can't do that because my husband's career is more important than mine, or because my children's experience is more important than mine. I mean, they actually say these words. Mm -hmm. And I think, who taught you that? Like, where'd you come up with that idea that you are not worthy of experiencing life to its fullest as just as much as your kids and your spouse are? This episode is supported by Mysteries About True Histories, a podcast for your kiddos. So from the creators of the hit podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's Brainchild comes the adventurous world of mysteries about true histories, affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs, making learning cool. This podcast is perfect for ages six and up and new episodes drop every Thursday, each stacked with so much laughter that your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. I love a show where as a parent, you're like, hey, let's listen or watch this or whatever. And your kids are thinking they're like getting extra device time or what have you. And you're like, they're learning right now. So it feels like such a big win. So I want you to go check out Mysteries About True Histories wherever you listen to podcasts. You can tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you're listening to this podcast. So go check out Mysteries About True Histories to listen in and have some fun with your kid while they learn today. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this is, show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, 
IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explained. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. There's like so many things in here I want to touch on. <laughs> I know, I'm like, talk about going deep fast. I know, we are in it. We're five minutes in and we are there. That is so interesting. One of the first points you brought up about looking to your husband to take care of you or just opening your eyes to who is taking care of me. And that was eye-opening for me because I was thinking that isn't something that I've pinpointed, but sometimes I get a little resentful when I feel like I am constantly the person in charge of thinking of everything Mm -hmm. and being prepared for everything. And I'm like, who is looking out to be like, what if is Sarah prepared for? Like, who's making sure Sarah's prepared? Like, I'm making sure. And I caught myself just this week, actually. I'm going to be out of town with Vinny next week, Monday through Friday. And I think it was yesterday I was like thinking, oh, I should probably like make dinner in advance for my husband because when I go out of town, I often will leave dinners for the two of them. Oh, and you're me, Sarah. Don't well, do that. <laughs> well, I, well, I know. And I don't do it all the time anymore. And I did it early on because my son has a few food sensitivities and stuff that we work around and it was just easy yeah. for me to batch things and put them in the freezer. But a lot of times now I don't do it. But I always naturally think that. So I've been trying to like stop myself from thinking that when it's in relation to the two of them. But I caught myself thinking yesterday, what should I make for Vince to leave for him for dinner while I'm gone? And then I was like, wait, would he ever leave me dinner? And not that he doesn't care about me and love me and support me and all these things. But I was like, oh my gosh, like you train yourself to be such a conscientious caretaker that you don't even realize that you are going completely overboard. And it's like totally inappropriate. Yeah, so. it is. I got to tell you that I was listening. I mentioned to you earlier that on my run this morning, I was listening to your podcast about how to, uh, what was it? Redo your identity, the four C's. Oh yeah. Four C's of rebuilding your identity, which I thought was great. I'm like, oh, hey, that's right up my alley. Let's see what Sarah has to say about this. And I was like, I wanted to have a conversation with you about everything that was in there. But one of the things you mentioned was this idea of like, well, hey, yeah, have your kids step up and take care of doing the dishes or have your husband like, you know, step up to get the babysitter scheduled. And I thought, you know what, that's like one of the things that is probably one of the biggest hurdles my clients deal with is this idea that that's okay to ask their family to step up. And I wanted to touch down on this idea of like, why? Like, why is it that we struggle with that so much? And I think you did talk a little bit about in your podcast, but it has to do with our identity. It's like when you're a stay-at-home mom, you do wrap yourself up into this persona that that's where you get your value. Your value in life or your purpose in life is to take on that role of being the caretaker. And there's almost like this judgment that you place upon yourself about how well you do that. And you think Mm -hmm. that everybody else is looking at you like that and wondering how well you do it too. So that the idea that you might ask somebody else to do a job that you feel like is yours there's some element of feeling guilty about that. Right. right. And like, we're not doing our role very well, which I think is interesting. I ask parents all the time about like, you know, when's the last time you did something to develop yourself? And very frequently the answer is like blank. They're like, well, maybe last year or a couple years ago, four years ago, they took a class, you know, because they just don't think about that. And I'm like, well, when's the last time you did something for your kids to develop your kids? Or like uh, yesterday or <laughs> And the day before, and the day before, and the day before. Every day. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, so like, look at that disparity. And then there's the other part of like, well, when's the last time that you put yourself first and said, actually, this is what mom really needs right now. But oftentimes we think that, no, our value in life is to take care of everybody else. And it's almost like our value in life is to put ourselves last. Yes, It's the mommy martyr thing. It's like wearing the badge that like, I'm going to take care of everyone else and put on their oxygen masks. And I think people take a sense of pride in that. They do. And that's what I wanted to touch down on, which is interesting is that because, and I think this kind of covers one of the biggest hurdles that a lot of moms really deal with in this role is that 
we have a natural built-in defensiveness to playing this role of being a stay-at-home mom. And that's because the messaging around that role is one that is defeating and it's devaluing. And it kind of, you know, even the phrase of like sitting at home eating bonbons or the phrase of, I think about what career coaches told me and this idea that put in one line to tell people what you've been doing for the last 10 years. And I thought, 10 years? Like, do you really think that I've done so little in 10 years that just one line is going to cover it? I'm like, that's the way the world sees the job that I've been playing? And I think when I heard that, I was furious and I wanted to fight against it because I knew how much I had done. But at the same time, I realized that, wow, you know, there's a part of me that doesn't value it either. And I think that it's very complicated. And what I work with my clients on a lot is looking beyond the surface. Because at the surface, you might feel like you're really confident about the role that you're playing. But if you look deeper, you realize that there's actually a lot of what I call gremlins (laughs) that, you know, are telling you that the role that you've been playing hasn't been what you're capable of. And so you take it very seriously. You take this role of being a stay-at-home mom very seriously. And therefore, you do the mommy martyrdom thing and you place extra emphasis or value on certain traits or things that you do. And how many times have you heard a mom say, well, and in fact, I'm going to call you on this too, because you just said it. It's this idea of like, why do moms believe that the world would fall apart if they walk away? Right. I mean, this is probably one of the most brutal honesty truths that I can put in there. It's just, it's not going to fall apart if you walk away. And we have this weird, sick thing that we kind of want it to fall apart. Yes. Where you're like, I hope my husband totally fails at parenting this weekend while I'm gone. (laughs) Totally. Because that justifies our value. It justifies our position. And it's almost like this, like, see world? I'm right. I am valuable. And I thought, you know, I'm like, wait, okay, that's the wrong way of approaching this. Yeah. Because I'm going to tell you, you know, as a stay-at-home parent, yes, you're extremely valuable, but it's not for the things you think. You're building amazing skills that are extremely valuable in the world going forward, especially more valuable in the future. But you think that your value is in just making sure that all the water bottles get home and that the right sports equipment is out when during the right time and that your kids have and your parents have the right you know, everybody has the right meal set up for themselves. But that's nice. But that's not where you get your value. Your value is your ability to understand people and be reflective of of like, wow, you know, that child actually needs something different than this child does. And what I do is I help people see their value, but from a very different perspective, not from a surface level, but from a deeper level. So talk about it and be confident about it so much that you no longer feel this desperation to prove that the role you're playing is critical. Right. Well, and I think there's two different things I want to dive into. I think you're totally right. And I think that we need to, yeah, look at the value from a very different perspective and not look at it from the perspective of our to-do list and what we accomplish on our to-do list every day, but look at it in terms of the skills that we are developing and cultivating, which are way beyond like making sure that the laundry is done and the dinner's done and the sports equipment is out and all those kinds of things. And so it's mm-hmm. easy to get like, look at just those nitty gritty things and think that that's where the value is. On the flip side of that, the second thing I want to touch on is I recently heard, and now I'm spacing her name and I referenced her just the other day and did the exact same thing, but the CEO of dry soda, do you know who she is? I want to say Charlene. It's not Charlene, but anyways, the CEO of dry soda, are you familiar with dry soda? Yes. I love it. Dry Soda is a Seattle company, and this is run by a single mom. That's awesome. Yes, a single mom. I want to say she has four kids, and it's on track to be a billion dollar company. I mean, currently a competitor of Coca Cola and Pepsi. And she's just completely not phased by that, which I think is amazing. And I listened to her speak, and she was talking about, in my mind, it was a conversation that we had together because it was so impactful. But (laughs) she was speaking to an audience that I was in, and she talked about hiring women and how she would prioritize hiring mother or she does prioritize hiring mothers over other women and candidates because of their skill sets from parenting and especially if they have been stay-at-home moms so I think exactly what you're talking about you're building amazing skill sets but we can't wrap our head around that because it's not culturally 
talked about and it's not culturally defined. So can you talk a little bit more about what kind of skill sets you are building as a stay-at-home mom or even a part-time working mom or even a full-time working mom, but things that you're developing as a parent and as a very engaged mother that carry over into ways that you can promote yourself in the workplace and get yourself maybe back into the workplace if that's your goal? Yes. Yeah. So I feel like this is at the core of the work that I do with clients and it's probably the hardest hurdle for people to get through. One of the things that I talk a lot about is helping people understand what's the difference between perception and reality. And we get caught up a lot, especially when we're in a role that kind of society doesn't necessarily value hugely as far as from a business perspective with listening to the perception of what we do. Uh, but over a little over a year ago, my kind of the first blog post that I put out there that went really viral was it's called Declaration of Value of a Stay-at-Home Parent. And it was my response to getting some insight as a result of relaunching my career into really understanding what the true value of my time as a parent had been. And realizing that, wow, one of the phrases in it, you know, is like, if you haven't been one of us, then you likely don't know what we do. And I heard that you made a manifesto. It's like, this was my manifesto. It was basically saying, please hiring managers out there everywhere. When a stay at home mom comes knocking at your door, why don't you open the door and ask who she is rather than assuming who she is? But I want to say the same thing to every stay-at-home parent out there. You think that what you're a master of is a master of laundry and taking care of your kids and scheduling and organizing, but there's way more than that. So I relaunched my career back into leadership development, professional development, and I worked creating experiential change programs to help senior leaders figure out how to increase their emotional intelligence and be better coaches and mentors and create cultural change in a company. And I work with really large companies, Sony, Expedia, Microsoft. And what I constantly found myself doing is working with these senior leaders. I mean, I'm talking about the execs and I'm looking at them because we're talking about the most basic of concepts to me, they seem basic. And to them, they were extremely difficult. And I thought, whoa, like any, any parent would be able to explain this to you very easily. They get that two children are not the same. And that in order to help develop them, you need to treat them differently. They get that leaders eat last, like the whole Simon Sinek leaders eat last thing. Mm -hmm. Get it. That's what moms are. They are amazing leaders and they lift the people up around them before they lift themselves up to their detriment. (laughs) (laughs) CEOs don't do that. (laughs) You know what? Really great CEOs do. No, they do. You're right. You're right. But I think a lot of C-level people, I don't think that's the norm. It is not the norm. (laughs) No, but it is funny. I tell all my clients, I'm like, you know, the position that you're most like in a company Moms are most like, especially stay at home moms are most like CEOs. Yeah, totally. Because you're taking care of a small business in your home, mm-hmm. like in your home, you have staff that you're responsible of developing and making sure that they do the things that they need to do. Nobody else is thinking of, you're thinking about developing everybody else around you. Nobody's thinking about developing you. Right. It's completely on you to make sure that you get to your vision. You're the one that sets the vision. I mean, there's so many parallels. It's uncanny. And that's such a cool comparison. (laughs) I appreciate that explanation because I think that that is such an important perspective for all of us to have, whether you're a stay at home mom or a working mom or not a parent or a dad, or I just think that the cultural construct around that needs to be re-identified and like rebranded and repackaged. Yes, that's what I'm pushing for, you know, because I think it's a two part problem and it was all based on like a one, a little bit of biology and a whole lot of like 1950s positioning of like what a stay-at-home wife is supposed to look like that was propagandized after World War II in response to Rosie the Riveter. 
And I don't know if you're catching all of that, but basically we glamorized the idea of being a stay-at-home mom and that particular imagery maintained and was strong. It kind of just fed through. Like we taught women how to be the proper women mm. and we taught men that they needed to go be career builders and stuff and that they were supposed to be taken care of. And they financially took care of us. We took care of everything else at the home and as far as like the family part. That messaging it has created a belief system that runs so deep throughout in our entire culture that not only does it affect the way that businesses look at time spent as a parent, but it also affects the way you and I look at the time spent as a parent. Right. And despite whether or not we played the role, we still are affected by that imagery and we're affected by this ideal of what we're supposed to be. And that's why I talk all the time to people about, wait, is that reality or is that perception? And, you know, to speak to your idea of shameless, like to me, the definition of shameless is living your life according to your reality, not to the perception of everybody else's. Of like, oh, I love that. And I think that I was thinking about you know, your concept of shameless and how, and I think we all have shame that we carry around, but where does that shame come from? Oftentimes it comes from either not living up to our values or not living up to the expectations that somebody else has placed upon us. Yeah, definitely. And tell me if you think this is true because you were in the stay at home role in a very different capacity than I have been. But I think that there can be isolation in staying at home. And yeah. I think that that can be damaging to your self concept of what you're actually doing. Because if you're at the workplace and you're getting like acknowledged for the things that you're doing and you're being maybe promoted and getting, even if you're just getting like a cost of living adjustment, you know, raise like those kinds of things, it's like you're moving along and that if you're staying at home and you don't have a little bit of a network outside of that, I think that can be really harmful in terms of the mindset that you have about yourself and about your situation. Yes, hugely. I mean, it comes down to that whole idea of just you lose your identity because your identity becomes all about, I'm the person who does the laundry and takes care of all the kids and makes sure that the food is cooked and that everybody has their lunches and then we plan our vacations or whatever your particular role is. Like if you do the finances, whatever, but your identity becomes much more defined by the people that you take care of than about you. So that's why I think you find a lot of stay-at-home moms gravitating towards particular sports or particular hobbies is because it's a desperate grab for like, no, 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 I need something that's just mine. Like what's yeah. mine? Yeah. And for me, it was beach volleyball. For Fun. Me, yeah. <laughs> but it's interesting. Beach volleyball took on this gravitas about it because I had nothing else that I was putting my energy into. Mm. And so any aspect of proving my worth to the world, it all went into my sport. And so that was a eye-opening experience when I finally relaunched my career and thought, huh, I had actually defined so much of my life on my sport, which was in a lot of ways was, I actually wrote an article about this, like it was a life raft in some ways because it really did keep me afloat. It helped me feel like I did have something for myself, but there was this other aspect of it that it was a bit of an anchor because it prevented me from really doing things that spoke to me on a grander scale. I threw so much energy into trying to become like the best beach volleyball player I could possibly be when like, let's face it, I'm five foot seven and, you know, 40 years old. So like, I'm really not going to be a <laughs> beach volleyball player, which is this weekend, by the way. <laughs> yeah. But for some reason, I was defining every aspect of my day based on how well I did in beach volleyball during that, you know, that particular day of playing. And that's silly. I you know, see it's this be- in CrossFit moms. Yeah, I mean, I think because CrossFit, and I'm not saying this is a bad thing, but I think that this holds true in a very similar way what you're talking about is that CrossFit gives you a way to measure progress and be reaching for another goal. And you know, like you're recognized for like, you know, it's on a whiteboard, like here's the 20 people Mm -hmm. in class today. And here's how fast they all finish. And here's how much weight they use. So it's a way to be recognized. It's a way to pursue achievement. And so I totally see that happen among women in CrossFit. I'm not involved in CrossFit myself. But I know people who are and who have found so much value in that, because it's Mm -hmm. been a place for them to be competitive and be like in that achieving mindset, which I think when 
you're at home, if you're at home with kids, oftentimes it's hard to like be competitive about laundry or <laughs> cleaning the well, vacuuming, like those kinds of things. Let's face it, being a stay-at-home mom, it's a Sisyphusian world. Like, you know, Sisyphus it just keeps on rolling that rock up to the top of the hill and then it rolls back down and you roll it back up to the top of the hill and rolls back down. Like, totally. I mean, that beats up on somebody's psyche yeah, when you're yeah. constantly faced. If that's your entire life. Now, I'm not shirking it. Like all parents deal with this. Right. But if that is the grand majority of everything you do is Sisyphusian, like you're never going to make it to that next step. It just is defeating. You're just like, wow, what's the point? <laughs> That's so funny. I bought Vinny shorts for the summer. And I have this habit of like, I wait for a sale at Old Navy and I get like seven pairs of the exact same thing in different colors. And then because he's like such a creature of habit. So I'm like, I'm not going to argue about what shorts he likes and which ones he doesn't and which days he's going to wear them. They're all just going to be the same. So for whatever reason, got six pairs were that were the same and one pair that was different because of I think sizing or ordering, whatever they were like, I couldn't get all seven the same. He won't wear the one pair that's different. And they're the cutest pair, by the way, of course, (laughs) he will not wear them. And so I always know that I'm going to have to do laundry like a day earlier because he only has six pairs. And I always put it on him. I'm like, when you see that there's just that one pair left in the drawer, if you don't want to wear them, then you have to pull the laundry basket out. You have to bring it to the laundry, to the closet so that I know that you need the laundry done. And so we've had this conversation over and over. And I found myself the other day as I was pulling laundry out being like, okay, this is where the countdown begins that now it's like, instead of being like, instead of being like, yes, the laundry's done. It was like, okay, I have to do this. He's already wearing one pair of clean ones. So that means there's five pairs left in here. So I have five days until he pulls it out again. So I totally understand what you're saying that you can't even enjoy your accomplishments because you know, it's just a matter of time until you work your way from that accomplishment right back, you know, the rock rolls right down the hill and then you have to yep. do it again. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So that's why something, you know, I'm a big fan of telling parents getting involved with sports because there is this element of empowerment that comes with it and seeing the progress. I mean, we need that in our lives. Like yeah. I'm a big subscriber in this idea that there's like four dimensions of human development and we all need that. We need the mental stimulation to feel like we're growing and developing. We need to have the physical safety, making sure that we have like our basic needs. We need to have our social and emotional component, and we need to have our spiritual component. And when I say spiritual, I don't necessarily mean religion. It means having a sense of purpose in our life. So when you're faced with a situation where your role is Sisyphusian, and you only are seeing a repetitive task or a repetitive nature. Like that's why that skill set, in some ways, you're actually developing an amazing skill of resilience. And so, which is extremely valuable going forward in the business world. So talk about like looking beyond at like what you are developing, the skills you're developing. It's not the fact that you became a really good laundry person, but you did develop an incredible resilience and an incredible commitment to doing the right thing, like what's needed to be done. So that's one kind of idea of like right. how you look a little bit deeper at what you're doing. But if people are constantly in a role where they don't feel like they have one of those four dimensions being satisfied, that's when people seek change. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the shock to the system is a sharp and severe one, like divorce or you know, some sort of tragedy or health issue that will really shock the system enough to make you want to go and make a real change in your life. But sometimes it's like the slow burn thing that eventually you realize that, wow, you know, I've lost all my dreams and I've got no community around me. I don't feel like I'm supported or helped by anybody. And I don't really feel like I've got a whole lot of purpose in my life. Like maybe it's a slow burn that happens with all of those that eventually gets you to a point of breaking where you say like, I got to make a change in my life. And I do feel like doing something active for yourself that makes you feel strong and empowered and seeing the progress that can be a really great first step to getting you on a track of making a positive difference and changing your life. So I do encourage people to go for that sport and whatever it might be. But I also encourage people to like, once you're kind of like really on that track, then start asking yourself, like, wait a minute, has this become too much a part of my life? Am I really going to become an AVP player? No, I'm not. Like, was that really my purpose in life to become like the best CrossFit person? No, probably not. Like I have other gifts and talents that are sitting there idle. So how do I go and capitalize and use those? Because it's helping people see beyond what they see in front of them. Like you see just what's in front of you. And 
you have to take those blinders off and open up your perspective and look around you and say, look, what other talents have I been letting sit idle? What were those old dreams that I had? And do I still have those same dreams or are they different? Because, you know, having kids does change you. It does change where your priorities are and what kind of dreams you want to go after. In your situation, when you were staying at home with three children, how old are your children now? This summer, they will be 9, 12, and 13. Okay. So when you were home with the three children and your marriage was not in a great place, was it for you, was it the sharp pain? Was it the slow burn? Like, what did that look like for you? And how did you then start to shift? I think it was a combination of a slow burn and then like realizing that I really wasn't living life. I think it just felt empty. I was so empty inside. And I was arguing and fighting with my husband a lot. I could tell that the marriage, like the relationship that I was demonstrating for my children was not one that I wanted them to see. Mm -hmm. It's not what I had grown up with. And I just wanted to make sure that I created a more peaceful world for them. Mm -hmm. And I remember, I've written about this too, but I remember my ex-spouse saying that, like I'd woken up one day and wondered, wow, this is not the life I had signed up for. Like, how did this happen? How did 10 years go by and this is where I am? Because this is not what I ever dreamed for my life. He thought I was going through a midlife crisis. I can look back at it now. I was furious at him for even suggesting it. But I can look back at it now and say, yeah, actually I was. Mm -hmm. This episode is supported by Nutrafol. Did you know that hair thinning will happen to approximately one in two women? If you're among them, you are not alone. Thinning hair is normal, but it's not openly talked about, so it can feel lonely and frustrating and sometimes even embarrassing when you're going through it yourself. Join the over one million people who are doing something about their thinning hair with Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster-growing hair with less shedding. Oh my gosh, I am a heavy shedder. So if you are a heavy shedder or if you are someone who's wanting to thicken your hair, I definitely want you to try out Nutrafol. I have loved using it myself and I know multiple other people who've used it and have found great results. While many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol women's hair growth supplement for six months. To get started, you can take their hair quiz on Nutrafol.com, which will give you a personalized health plan based on your special root causes. Nutrafol is committed to helping you identify root causes of any shedding or hair loss so that you can really start to rebuild healthy hair in a way that is customized to you. So take the first steps to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code SHAMELESS. Find out why 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Go to Nutrafol.com. That's N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code SHAMELESS. Nutrafol.com, code SHAMELESS. This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray, literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived, put it on his toe before he went to bed. And the next morning he was like, mom, my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 
500,000 happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients, active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family. So to get your own active skin repair, go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20% off your order when you use the code shameless. That's activeskinrepair.com. Use the code shameless for 20% off your order. Activeskinrepair.com, code shameless. And I was going through this sense of, you know, I I think 40 didn't affect me. 41 did. Oh, interesting. Uh, and there was something about 41 that suddenly I felt like my own mortality hit me really hard. I was like, wow, if I really want to make a mark in this life, if I want to do something that I can feel proud of long term outside of just having these three wonderful children, um, then I better get going. I better get do it now. Yeah. And living in a marriage where I felt like I was just dying inside and did feel isolated, that was not where I wanted to be. And it's funny, I can look back at it now, and I think I attributed much more of my sadness to my relationship than was fair. I think that a huge part of my sadness was that I didn't have something for me. You know, I was one of those women that I never dreamed of being a stay-at-home mom. I never dreamed of even having children. In fact, I used to looked at my mom who was a stay-at-home mom and I wondered how in the world she could live her life that way. And I'm like, interesting. Yeah, because she always would talk about the things that she wanted to do. She wanted to be an architect. She wanted to be a scientist. And she encouraged us to go off and seek our dreams. And so that was the messaging that I always got was to go be strong and go make my own path forward. You know, so I grew up on stories of listening to how my grandmother had to study to get her degree while reading a textbook with the ladies' home journal wrapped around it. Oh my gosh. It was insulting to her husband that she wanted to better herself. That is so crazy. And also, I used to love ladies' home journal as like a 10-year-old, which is so weird and not age appropriate. (laughs) So that's so funny that that's the magazine you mentioned. I remember like babysitting for a 10 year old. (laughs) I would babysit for people and be like, oh yes, they have lady home. Like what? That was so weird. But anyway, that's a total tangent. But but that is very interesting that like, this is the construct she's being taught is like, hide that textbook inside your magazine. And the magazine is basically all marriage advice. (laughs) That was like my favorite parts of it. We're like, will this marriage survive? (laughs) Yeah. It's all about how to, you know, be the best woman you can for your spouse or something. But yeah, so I mean, I was listening to your podcast, and you're saying like how women are raised to be more kind of submissive, and gentle and sweet and nice. And I wasn't raised that way. (laughs) That's awesome. I was one of three girls. And I think, you know, I was supposed to be Gregory Todd when I was born, but I was not. (laughs) And so I think that I don't know where it came from. My mother is extremely strong minded and ambitious and she pushed us to like really learn 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 even as a stay-at-home mom like that was one of the things that she was so adamant about like that we go get a career and be career driven but what was wild though is so I was I was totally career driven and what was so wild is that when I had children my mom all of her language shifted and suddenly judgment around well you know you have to stay at home like you're gonna stay at home like People who have kids and don't stay at home, they, they shouldn't be having children. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So that does a little number on you. And so it was very interesting to watch these 1950s. I call them 1950s. I mean, you can pull it back. It goes way longer than that. But this mindset kick in mm-hmm. with a vengeance. And suddenly there was all these expectations, these these belief systems boiling up about what was the right way to live my life now that I had children? And I think that it becomes a little bit of a battle for our generation because we are one of the first generations that truly had the messaging that we were delivered as women was like, you can go and be and do everything, anything you want to be and do. But we still had a lot of the messaging coming from our parents or from our grandparents that, oh, no, the right thing to do is still to be with your kids. I always think that that's what I'm fascinated by. I'm fascinated by the belief systems that lie low in us, that percolate up when, when certain situations, you know, face us. And asking, like, well, where did that belief system come from? And does that belief system still serve you today 
like it served you maybe, you know, 10 years ago. You know, simple things like, you know, when you were young, people said, don't talk to strangers. Well, if you still had that belief system, don't talk to strangers, you would be really in trouble as an adult. (laughs) (laughs) But what I mean is that there are a lot of belief systems that we grew up with that we never spend time actually thinking about and asking, wait, wait, does that still apply today? Does that still serve me today? And I think that there's just lots and lots of people in this world that don't do that. And I think of my mom and I think, wow, mom. And in fact, I've just had, as a result of doing Revolve You and the work that I do with people, she has completely shifted the way she thinks about things, which is really exciting because we have a lot of really great heart-to-heart conversations. That's so I was actually wondering that. I was wondering if there was like a divide between you because of these belief systems or if you've been able to kind of come full circle and learn from now yeah I think what's interesting is like when I was a kid I did no wrong I mean my nickname in high school was goody two shoes and (laughs) seriously (laughs) and then somehow like I got to college and I realized wow I haven't tested any aspect of me at all I lived such a protected life didn't ever do anything wrong and so somehow like past college, I started realizing like that it was fun to push boundaries and to ask questions that you know were like deep probing questions of like, well, why? Why is that the way you believe? And then the response of like, well, because that's what I was taught was never a good enough answer for me. And so I think I had to make a huge split with my parents from that perspective, because I started kind of coming into my own. And I know a lot of people like when they meet their parents, they kind of revert back to that person they used to be as a child. And I worked really hard to like own who I was. I'm like, no, this is who I am. I'm not that person that you were trying to sculpt to make me into. Like, yes, I learned a lot from that. And you actually created a very strong person as a result of that. But these are my beliefs. This is what I believe in. And so what was interesting is that when I had kids, I seemed to kind of shift into those expectations again that she had. And it only has just recently hit me that a part of, I think, what happened is that if I had just kind of really said, oh, no, actually, mom, what's good for me is that I stay working. I know that you believe that. If I had been stronger about my belief systems and not shifted back to these old belief systems that she was thinking of, then maybe things would have turned out differently. So then, you know, fast forward till now, you know, I have conversations with my mom and you know, she's 70 years old and. I remember her telling me a couple years ago, she's like, Julia, I'm 70 years old. Like my time's over. It's done. Like my life is, it's been lived and this is what I've got. And I challenged her on it hugely. And after some bunch of really hard conversations of, of course, about a year, I remember sitting with her in the kitchen and she finally got it. And she, under her breath, she goes, Julia, you're the devil. <laughs> <laughs> And it's like, she's like, damn it. Now I have to work on myself. <laughs> yeah. Cause she's like, she's like, Oh my God. I never realized that these belief systems were not ones that I had to have. There were belief systems that somebody else put on me. <laughs> totally. Like, you know, even this idea that why do we believe that at 70 something years old, you have to retire? Right. Whoever said that suddenly, like deterioration was a good thing or a fun thing. Like, I don't know. I like doing things and, you know, actively engaging in things. And I have no intention of stopping my growth development, my ability to like engage and make a difference and do things. So why do we keep on telling people like, because this expectation that when you're 65, you're supposed to retire. And And there's like a countdown to retire. Like, yeah, it's a countdown to retirement rather than like constantly building up to do the next biggest, better thing that will bring value to your life. Yes, exactly. So, you know, it's the same thing with stay-at-home parents. It's like, why do you feel like the work that you've done is not relevant? Why do you feel like once your kids have gone that like you're done, your opportunities are done? Who says that you can't go and learn a new skill and go be relevant and go do something amazing? Who says you can't be an entrepreneur? Who says that you can't, become the next CEO of a company. You're the only one saying that. Nobody else. So challenge your beliefs and be willing to be wrong about what you think. And (laughs) be willing to be uncomfortable. Yes. (laughs) Be willing to be uncomfortable. Take the risks. I mean, I tell people all the time too. Another thing I say all the time is like, if you want to know how to be relevant in the future, you don't want to know how to succeed. Learn how to be a kid again. Mm -hmm. 
because kids embrace life like it's new and fascinating and they want to learn everything. They don't look at everything like they know it. They want to experiment with it all. Experiment. And, and, and experimentation not, is fun and exciting. Not like, I mean, like most adults, experimentation is like, well, what if something happens and what if it goes wrong? And what if I lose money? And what if, you know, there's all these yes. risks associated. And with kids and experimentation, it's all like fun and games. It's all fun. And like, and if you're being wrong, you know, here's the biggest thing you could possibly do is like embrace the idea of being wrong. Don't think of it as like some life ending, life altering kind of thing. I think the biggest gift from divorce for me was it was realizing that I had done something really wrong. Like I had failed at something on a very large scale and there was a huge relief in that. Like I didn't have to be perfect anymore. I didn't have to, think that I was perfect or try to aim for being perfect. I was like, wow, I really messed up. No more goody two shoes. Exactly. No more goody two shoes. I'm like, guess Yay. what? I'm free. I can go totally. make a lot of mistakes now. Totally. Now <laughs> that I've still, broken the seal. Yeah. It's like, I'm still standing and I've learned so much about who I am and about the way the world works. And with every new experience, I have less judgment and more empathy with every time life kicks me in the ass and where I'm proven wrong again, I'm like, wow, all right, I got a new perspective. Awesome. Nice. I love it. How are you a shameless mom? You know, I feel like part of that was was like, well, where am I not shameless? (laughs) (laughs) I try to live my life according to my own belief systems. And I wasn't always that way. I used to see the world as being very black and white. And now I look at the world as filled with tons and tons of grays and that or maybe rather a rainbow of colors, but we all have the right color that's right for us. And the shameless part of it, like I think the key to living shamelessly is believing in yourself and believing that you know what's right for yourself. It's locking out all those expectations and those ideas that other people have for how you should live your life. And it's it's about living your life according to the little voice that's inside of you that says, you know, this is what I need. Right. Because I know, you know, we talk about putting the oxygen masks on, but it's like (laughs) that phrase is, that phrase is built that way for a reason. Put your oxygen mask on first because that's the only way you are helpful to anybody. And also I'll push a level beyond that is Mm -hmm. that you don't have to put your oxygen mask on first or do things to take care of yourself in order to better serve other people. You can do things to take care of yourself and do things for self-preservation and self-care just because you deserve that. Yeah, because you're taking care of yourself, period. Right, right. right. It was like a video I saw on Facebook or something of someone I follow. And she was talking about, it was probably a year or two ago, but she was talking about like, when I go work, people are like, oh, like when I work out in the morning, like I'm just a better mom and a better wife. She's like, I just go work out because I want to be better for me. Like it doesn't need to always be that you're doing something that's a trickle down effect to support someone else or help someone else or serve someone else. You can just serve yourself and there doesn't need to be any guilt around that or really any explanation about it's a bigger picture than that. So, and I think that that's part of the oxygen mask piece as well, that it's okay to be like, yes, I'm saving me. (laughs) And and obviously, if you was in a situation where your children are in danger, I'm not saying that you would not do this, you know, then immediately (laughs) attend to them. But it's okay to also to just to have that self preservation and be confident in that. Yeah. Okay, you ready for a little lightning round? Okay, let's go. Okay, shameless mommy minute. What is your favorite way to treat yourself? Play beach volleyball. Nice. Current book that you're reading or the last one you read? The Athena Doctrine. It's all about how women are going to take over the world. Oh, nice. I need to read that. (laughs) (laughs) What's one morning ritual you can't live without? You know, as a mom and an entrepreneur, I learned that there's no morning ritual I can't live without. But I'd say probably taking a shower. (laughs) Nice. Nice. That's funny because that's one that I could give her to. I mean, I generally do. But like if push comes to shove and I have time to like work out or take a shower, I'm like, oh, I'll just let the sweat dry and then I'll be clean again. If you could give moms, all moms, one superpower, what would it be and why? The ability to believe in themselves. Awesome. I love it. Thank you so much, Julia. This has been so awesome. And tell us where we can find you and how we can connect with you. On revolveu.com. And we're working on relaunching the website to create some access to different tools and workbooks and activities and stuff like that to help people be able to rediscover 
reinvent themselves and relaunch themselves. So hopefully that's all going to be live and active this summer. Yay. Yay. So everyone can go to revolveyou.com or you can go over to shamelessmom.com and click on the show notes for this episode, which will be at episode 144. So Thank you, Julie, for spending time with us. I appreciate you sharing openly and vulnerably about your experience and really so many shifts in your perspective that you've been able to share will help other moms have shifts in their perspective. And I just think there's a lot of power and tremendous, tremendous value in all that. So I really appreciate you taking the time to be here today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the conversation. Thank you so much for spending time in the Shameless Mom Academy today with Julia and I. And make sure to check out our show notes if you want to get any of the links that Julia mentioned. If you want to connect with her, you can go to shamelessmom.com and click on episode 144. Additionally, remember that registration is open for the Shameless Mom Summer Self-Care Club. So the program starts next Monday, July 17th. If you want to get on board, this is like your last couple days to do that. And the program is filling quickly. So there's actually only a few spots left. And so go ahead and grab your spot before it sells out. Go to smamastermind.com if you would like to work with me over the course of the next few weeks to determine some goals for yourself, to start working towards them. Simple little tiny habits that can make a big difference every day. So we're going to just identify simple steps that you can take that will really impact your life in a positive and powerful way. I'm super fired up to start this third Shameless Mom Mastermind group. This will be our third group that we're doing together. I can't wait to work with a new group of women, and I really would love to work with you. So please do hop over to smamastermind.com to grab your spot today. And I can't wait to get started with you on July 17th. If this is your first time listening to the Shameless Mom Academy, know that we do release new episodes every Monday and Wednesday. So please join us again for a new show in just a few days. And you can subscribe to our show by going to iTunes. Go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review. That will take you into iTunes where you can subscribe. You can also leave a review while you're there and let me know what you thought of the show today with Julia. I hope you have a fantastic day. I hope that you get out and do some things that are just for you. And no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us.